0: On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting this guy, streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time and your calls. Welcome to Punters Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears, just continues to raise the bar. Yeah, good
1: morning
2: and welcome to racing hq and punters postmortem on this monday of course the 27th of february and uh, we are live from clubman angle this morning for sky sports radio if you've been listening to the boys on the big sports breakfast thanks for continuing on to listen to punters postmortem ron duversy good morning to you again duff we just spoke to you of course on the change over there at the big sports breakfast it was a brilliant day tab chipping norton day there at ramwick and Atamo. uh what a you know, to, to overcome that slowish sort of start, to be in a different position to maybe where we all thought he was going to be on the map, he's just a beauty.
3: Yeah, he certainly is. I think it's all about the horse there on Saturday, Australia-wide. You know, all those good horses that we saw and they delivered. And uh, it was really an enjoyable, exciting day's racing. And, uh, and it, it sanded down as well with with the alligator blood. An uncommon James. How good is he Yeah, um, he, as far as... Uh, the, the day's racing is concerned so uh, uh, plenty to talk about and i'd suggest all about the horse
2: very much so uh, and those phone lines we're going to open them up straight away Thirteen fifty-three fifty-three, and we've got these good horses back and good racing we want to hear from you guys the putter so give us a call and be a part of the show today david gately was a part of the sky racing one coverage on saturday you were in the best seat in the house gator and as duff just said you saw some cracking horse flesh
4: no, we did that. We're well, I'm truly into it now, as you, as you touched on. It was, um, you know, I think both tracks, uh, Randwick and, and both Sandowns played really well. So, um, yeah, let the best horses win.
2: And Glenn Munsey, as I say, good morning to you, mate. Uh, you were live there, of course, on track at Royal Randwick. And
0: good to see uh, a crowd getting out and, and look, looking at our best horses. Yes, well uh, good morning to you Dave, Ronnie, uh, Gator and uh, listeners. Uh, the weather uh, plays a major part in that uh, most of the time Dave, but uh, the good horses are going to attract, well they should be attracting people to the races and we should be making a whole lot more um, uh, emphasis on the horses and uh, the jockeys and the trainers and that to get people to get to the races and uh, show them what they can actually see when they get there. They have the opportunity to have a bet if they want to and hopefully find a winner. But they do get to see some quality horse flesh. And uh, even during the midweeks, Dave, at this time, we're finding some very, very yeah. handy horses going around.
2: Yeah, we certainly are. So keep an eye on our fields this week, of course. Warwick Farm Wednesday and uh, we at uh, Lakeside again uh, there at Sandown for racing and even Doomben up there in Queensland. But let's talk about the tab-chipping Norton, all right, uh, Duff? I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Animo, he overcomes that issue. Um, and when we say issue, just the, the different positioning in the run. But, jeez, um, he just puts him away, doesn't he? Just that coming to the top of the rise.
3: Yeah, yep. It was always, um, he was always pretty well in control. A little bit of a nervous moment when he wanted a Arapahoe to go forward. And he did. Um, so that, that helped to, it wouldn't have mattered, but it did help him blend into the race beautifully after an unexpected solid speed. And he just took he just took care of them. He sprinted quickly. He was uh, from the 300 home. It was just in cruise mode, and off he goes. You know, it's a uh, he's a an amazing horse. Um, he he did miss the start, which was a little bit uncharacteristic for him. I think James said he, he had a little sniff of uh, uh, Hinge next to him in the barrier there. She must have had the perfume on and uh, he just got a little bit excited there, but uh, it all ended up okay. Um, she was great again, Fangirl. This this, this Coolmore is shaping up is a a, mm. a ripping race. You've only got to look at the market, uh, and it always is. It's one of my favourite races of the year, but uh, it's, it's going to be a, a ripping race, the the Coolmore, and Fangirl's right up there. Mawungur, I think he appreciated being ridden um, closer. He, he's a bit of a stallion in his own right, and he needs standing over, and I thought he, he battled on particularly well there and the law of industries has, uh, did his thing. He runs really good at this level and he deserves to win a race. I don't know which one it's going to be, uh, but he, he's in really good shape. He's got a lovely skin on him at the moment and Annabelle might just sneak a win out of him and upset a few. But other than that, Montefilia was a terrific first up run. She was the sectional you know, star late and um, hinged. I would, I'd give her excuses. She got chopped out in the straight and if we happen to get a wet track on, on Coolmore Day, she's right in the picture as well.
2: Uh, Gator, uh, obviously uh, great analysis there from Duff and it pretty much sort of sums up um, the race. But uh, away from the winner, what horses are you most now looking forward to seeing continue on into various other races?
4: Yeah, look, um, just on Anamo, I don't think there's any knock in him being ridden that pair colder. I think it's been well documented that, you know, might end up being uh, the A1 sort of, recipe for him. What I found interesting uh, watching the race live and then in the replays was uh, Fangle had two lengths on him uh, coming to the turn. She, she sort of saved ground and I don't know how, but they just ran into a dead end. Um, and just as, so she went from two lengths in front of him to, he was full of momentum out wide. A race fastest four to the 200 in 11.04 or something slick. So, you know, to the eye, put the race away and the clock backs that up. So that sectional fangirl was ranked seventh because she just didn't have any momentum and you know, she got out and finished off well. So look, it's a story without an ending. You know, you'd love to know uh, how that would have ended. Um, obviously, Montefiore was tough to miss. She's, um, her 1180 was 0.1 quicker than fangirls to rank fastest time with Stockman, who always does this at these shorter trips. He's very good, very late. Just a genuine stayer. And... Uh, I thought Arapaho ran well. Look, a lot of them ran well. There wasn't much between second through to uh, about sixth.
2: What about Munns, the 160 for Adamo? Did they just want to keep chiming in? Were you surprised it didn't start a little bit shorter?
0: Uh, I'm surprised uh, with speaking to uh, Timmy Owens at the start of the day that it didn't start a little bit longer, Dave. And uh, uh, you know they thought may have been one seventy, one seventy five, and they'd had a good lead in a couple of shorties had been knocked over, so that gets rid of the multi roll. Uh, So that improves the position of uh, Animo there, and I thought they might have just been a little bit more generous, considering you know they thought it should have been around the dollar seventy, dollar seventy five, mate. But the putters just didn't let them get to that point. Um, there wasn't a, a savage rally for uh, any runner in particular uh, in the race there. And I think that's probably more to do with the fact that that's another reason that Animo didn't get out because they, they weren't getting the sort of strong support for a, a horse to knock over Animo. Um, you know, we, we, we spoke on Friday, Dave. Uh, um, Luke Marlow pulled the stat out. I think it was, you know, uh, only three times or something out of nine goes as, he, as he, if he'd settled further back than sixth that he'd been able to win Animo, but his stats when he settled first six were much, much higher. Well, he, he settled seventh uh, in the run, so it was going to be an interesting point there. Fangirl settled down in front of him. Another point we raised on Friday. But he was just far too good. Um, I'm was. sure, you know, James sent Rachel King a bottle of champagne or something uh, after the last, because who would have thought that uh, a horse like Arapahoe, a stay, a second up, was going to be dragging Animo into the race as far as he did. And just on um,
2: on Animo, and this will be happening throughout the carnival at ten thirty every Friday. I'm not sure if you guys uh, heard it or saw the podcast, but um, Vince Cardi from the Daily Sectionals, who I know we all respect uh, in his uh, data and analysis, uh, is going to be joining me. And he did make a, v- a very good point. Uh, he said that they obviously Daily Sectionals look at all the trial information, and that trial from Animo back on the twenty seventh was one of the best trials he's ever recorded, data-wise. So he was just expecting huge things, his preparation, which obviously we all were expecting uh, after, you know, winning Cox Plates and Caulfield Stakes to come back and, and win an Apollo and Chipping Norton. But at yeah, 10.30 on a Friday, Really looking forward to having Vince a part of the Sky Sports team. That's the tab, Chipping Norton. Give us a call on 50 353 if you want to get involved with the show. What about the surround stakes before we jump down to Melbourne, Duff? Uh, sunshine in Paris. Um sticks the head out and for the journeyman Ryan Maloney he comes down here to be a part of the skirt the law process uh, ride some horses for Aquas and Annabelle Nisha, and he ends up winning a group one
3: it's amazing sometimes you need these jockeys that are tough uh, to to get a job done and uh, and bounce back after you know a disappointment throughout a day which happens in racing and he had a, one of his biggest disappointments ever ever when uh, the expected winner, Skirt the Lord, just didn't turn up there on Saturday, so he would have been down in the dumps. And all of a sudden, bang! He comes and wins a big Group One in Sydney uh, after a, a terrific little patient ride. So uh, feathering his cap there uh, on a good filly. Uh, she, you know, she she been up for such a long time, and and she just it was a typical ambush late. No one, I didn't see her coming through the middle there. All eyes were on the the big three there. Um, but uh, she got the job done. Uh, does she go to the Coolmore? Why not? Uh, if she does well, she's. although she's, it's hard to say there's any more upside with her this preparation, but who knows? The way she's coped so far, uh, she's done an amazing job. Oh, gee, I think Ruthless Dame, you know, she had a year off. Uh, she went, was beaten, just beaten by O first up after that year off and then backs it up here. Sits four wide, no cover. Uh, not that I'm saying it wasn't as bad being wide from race six onwards, because uh, I think the middle you know, six or seven off the fence dried out quicker than the rail, um, and she was gallant in defeat. And another one, where does she go next? Does she go straight to a Coolmore at this stage of her career? I don't know. Um, in secret, just got that, got into that you know that, that little bit of game jockey games on the point of the turn, which is understandable. She ducked back to the inside and had excuses a little excuses as well, considering the margins and i, I don 't know what the next play with her is to you know, whether she goes past fourteen hundred i don 't know I, I, maybe there 's a sprint race for her or
0: didn 't he say a couple of weeks ago the new market
3: well really okay, well, that will add a bit of interest, considering she 's a coolmore winner down the straight and don 't uh, don 't deny Zo um, gotcha, I think she was ready for the fourteen hundred but she was just too fresh uh, first time under race conditions and she got a bit of a shove out at the start just to find that position she found and and uh, when she was forced to go a little bit and then she I think she reacted too quick and then McDonald thought he had them and he held her up, held her held her up, held her up, held her up, knowing that she was first up and she was just nabbed on the line so uh, to think she missed a place was unbelievable but a uh, revolutionary miss was good uh, she's a belter, did things wrong but uh, yeah, I'll leave it to you. Who, who you like out of that race? Because it's a, uh, it was an intriguing battle. I think for me, um, if she can train on again, Ruthless Dame could well
2: be the one. All right, Gator, your opinion on the the Surround Stakes?
4: Yeah, look, well, obviously all four of them are across the line together, and each of them had merit in their performance, given the the points that have been raised already. Zagotra um, only being first up, Ruthless Dame covering ground. Um, you know, in a game of inches, it's still never ideal, is it? If you could choose, you wouldn't choose that. Uh, Insect was probably out in time, but, look, she's been beaten one of a length. Uh, she did rank sixth quickest home at the end of 1400 second up in the race. So, um, you know, that wasn't enough for her to win. As simple as that. She looked the winner at the 100 to my eye. And she's a belter. Race quickest home, 11.36 in an on-pace race is probably the one to follow in another grade. Um, I don't think she can beat these girls, but uh, back a notch, uh, she can win soon.
2: Muns, just on um, in secret, just, uh, yeah, she's second favourite for the new market, and that was a discussion. I did see a a chat that uh, Vin Cox had. uh, I believe it was on the social. I think it might have been with racing.com when they were covering uh, one of the sales. It might have been that um, classic sale that they interviewed Vin at. Uh, and he did say that uh, yeah, there's a possibility that in secret could, after the surround, go back to uh, back to Melbourne down the straight. Where oh, I wish I win is that three dollar favourite in that new market. That's a pre-noms market, by the way, too. I see there.
0: Yeah, so uh, pre-noms situation. Um, if when official nominations are taken, if your horse does not nominate or is not a late entry. Uh, then your money is refunded to you in those pre-NOMS markets. So there's quite a few pre-NOMS markets there. But, well, it was a race, um, well, it turned out how you thought it would turn out until you got to probably the last 50 metres because you thought it was going to be a battle between In Secret and Zoo Gotcha. Uh, She got a little bit easy In Secret, but she was made the lay of the day uh, by the boys there. And she got from around about 2.20, got to 2.40. Um, Zugocha sort of held its spot there, uh, opened a five-dollar chance and was sort of sub four dollars, sub five dollars for the majority of the day, but once again no significant move for any runner in particular there. So the the two favourites were the only two horses under double figures in the race there. I thought Zugotcha was brave, considering she did just um, go a bit keen in the race there. I've still got a question mark on In Secret at 1,400 metres. Um, you know, now I know you say, well, gee, she's only been beaten narrowly in the Golden Rose and narrowly in the Surround, but, you know, if she had the advantage uh, over Zugotcha, the race fit advantage there, the draw and everything like that. Um Ruthless Dame, well, it was a perfect case in point of the fresh form into the race there. Sunshine in Paris, probably one of the forgotten horses in the lead into the race discussion-wise because you've got to realise she ran second uh, to win secret coming out of that benchmark 78, went to level weights uh, and was only beaten sort of a a long neck quarter of a length in that light finger. So, you know, she ran up to how she did the other day. I thought revolutionary miss is ticking over quite nicely of those back in the field.
2: Now we've got David on the line. Good morning, David. Okay, guys. How's it going? Very good, mate. Uh, What's your question for the panel?
0: Yeah.
1: Just had a quick question about um, Spacewalk on the weekend. Uh, Had it into a a place multi um, and for all intents and purposes when I was watching it, it looked like it had had run third. Um, It actually showed up on the ticket that it had run third and then a few minutes later it had been shifted back to fourth and I don't know whether it had been protested the result or protested the photo, like because it looked pretty clear that it had run third, and when I watched the race back, I couldn't see that there was any um, uh, reason for a protest. Do you know exactly what's going on there?
3: Uh, there was a protest, wasn't there, Gator? I think it was fourth against third.
4: Yeah, the two dead heaters. They actually dead-headed for 3rd dead they? Okay. Yeah, so they, the umpires uh, gave it to Rich Fortune over him. He did come out and give her a bump on the turn. Uh, I thought the grounds were last hundred, though. I didn't see much there, so maybe they got the grounds wrong, but irrespective, um, the umpire saw that bump, and whatever interference was enough uh, to give her the verdict outright for third.
2: Okay. Thanks, David. Thanks for your call. Give us a call on 1353, 53, 53. on are uh, on Punters Postmortem with Ron Doversy, Glenn Munsey, and also uh, David Gately, and Let's Gator bring you in here, mate, uh, because we had obviously racing at Sandown uh, on the weekend. By the way, um, great to see those pictures of a Sandown full. I know we, we, we would have been at Caulfield on another occasion if it was full, but it is a beautiful racetrack, um, Sandown race course. And let's talk about uh, Ben and JD Hayes. Um, little bros wins the, uh, the Blue Diamond Stakes. Uh, gee, the second horse, though. I'm talking through my pocket here, Gator. Should the second horse have won?
4: Um, look, he had a few mates. Uh, that could say they should have won, um, you know, because it was quite a messy sort of race. When I first looked at it, that was my first reaction. And going back and doing the replays, it perhaps wasn't as messy as I first thought. But still, um, you know, for your argument, Don Corleone just needed to be out sooner. I mean, when he did finally get out, he was race fastest home at the end of the Blue Diamond at 1120 Um And he could only manage seventh quickest four to the two because he didn't have momentum. Uh, Look, in my humble, I think he probably wins. But then if you're a brave halo, you could argue the same thing. He was forced wide point of the turn. He's been beaten 1.4 length. Uh, Dubonenko didn't get out until 150. Still ran home third quickest. Um, Steel City's still not out, so she might have won as well. Uh, And look, so it was that sort of race. Um, I thought the bigger track might be a cleaner race, but... um, and with a really fast speed. They went 34-9 off a standing start here, first 600. Let's put that into perspective against the class, a Group 1 class. They've gone over 15 lengths above that. So they didn't look to be uh, going along at um, sort of that fearsome speed, but they were, and, and still the, the, the margins didn't open up.
2: Uh, Duff, did you keep an eye on the, uh, the blue diamond at the court of your eye? Uh, I know you yeah. were there at Ramwick. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, Ben and J.D. Hayes I mean, it's it's amazing isn't it, these stories that come through and that's a big big win for them and a feather in their cap
3: Well it's a great family race isn't it, they've won it ten times the family, yeah. you know, Colin three, David and Partners uh, six and now Ben and J.D. so and they run third as well in the race so a great race for the family and a perfect ride, he's a big time performer this young man, uh, Michael D he's uh, won some big races over the last year or so, Uh Yep, I, I agree with Gator as far as whoever you had eyes for, you can make excuses for. I had eyes for Don Corleone and just those few hampers. The worst one was <clears throat> about the 700 and probably around the, a turn there. He just sort of just got shuffled back and lost momentum. And he's a horse you'd like to see out and get into full rhythm. And he didn't get a chance to do that. So even though I agree it wasn't as bad the second look as the first look, I still think with clear running he wins, but you could make a case there for um, a few others there, including Dubienko, uh, who, who you could say the same thing about. So, yep, uh, interesting race. It's, uh, it's still a big picture in the slipper uh, because, well, let's face it, it's still an even bunch and there's no standout. And that horse that won here on Saturday told you the Melbourne form's okay, Corniche. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I, I think the Don's right in the slipper.
2: Munns, I... Um,
0: yeah, he, he stays at $15 yeah. chance, uh, Don Corleone. Little Bros went 34 into 15. Uh, and you mentioned um, the, the winner from here. Uh, well, it, it went 100 into 26. Uh, that was Corniche. They were the sort of major uh, moves of those horses that were featuring... Uh, in the two-year-old races Saturday, so the, the winner in Sydney was 101 to 26. The winner in Melbourne, uh, 34 into 15. So, Little Bro sits now on the same line of betting as Don Corleone, and or, or Don Corleone, and also on the same line of betting as Blanc de Blanc, who gets out from 11 dollars.
2: Okay, uh, let's talk the futurity. I'll bring you in here again, Gator. Um, we, we heard it. I'll see Alligator Blood get a rap there from from Duff uh, to start. Jeez, um a lovely ride bomb from Blake Shin too, wasn't it?
4: Well, it was. I mean, he just went up, I think we all thought he would lead outright. But as soon as Nugget took that clear lead, he just took the trail. Um, and, you know, I think he's, he certainly has the ability to sustain speed, alligator blood. Uh, but he didn't have to. Uh, he had a bunny to chase, seven lengths below group one average. So certainly not a fearsome speed, you know, relative to the class of, of animal. Um, but then sprints home 33 2, 4, the winner or the field sectional, which incidentally was identical, split uh, as the Oakley Plate. So they have really zoomed home, um, and none zoomed home better. Um, You know, he just uh, puts himself on speed, fast or slow pace, and um, he absorbs it if it's fast, and he sprints if it's slow. It's a fabulous um, armoury to have if you want to win races, and he wins a lot of them.
2: Let's get to our next caller. I've just got a message through from Nick. We've got Mark online too. Good morning, Mark. Is Mark there? We'll go to our Mark. Good morning, Mark.
5: Yeah, how are you, mate? Can you hear me?
2: I can, mate. Uh, now, you want to talk about uh, extreme threat in the Blue Diamond, so we'll go back and talk the Diamond, and then I'll get a comment from Duff to Alligator Blood, and we'll ask Munns about uh, when his price movements for maybe Alligator Bloods runs in New South Wales. But what was your comment on extreme threat? I
5: just caught my eye in advance of the race. I watched the market on, and, and it went out and put a bit of work in. So, yeah, you might make it up the straight at Flemington.
3: Yeah, she was the first filly home, wasn't she? And she's been good in her two starts. Um, so she's obviously got a, a lovely little future. There's, uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. To do what she's done uh, in the two starts. So, uh, Yeah, I, I, I think you could stick with her at the right level. Okay. Thanks, Thanks
2: for your call. Yeah. Appreciate that, mate. Uh, Duff, back to you, the futurity. We're going to see Alligator Blood now in New South Wales. Obviously, we're allowed to see him now, and he's going to be a a presence back at Randwick, isn't he?
3: I think so. Yeah. I think so. He's um, first up, uh, well-prepared, ridden differently. Uh, He's a good horse. He's a very popular horse. The markets haven't really reacted to him. You know, he could... uh, interested to see how he shapes up against the real big guns and he is a real big gun in his own right so he's got to be res- res- respected on i know it, it, it all sprinted all f- fell into place for him as it turned out the way he sprinted home but he's a fighter he knows mm. how to win with that winning strike rate that he's got he can never be denied
2: Has he oh, i guess maybe you could use the word surprise up because i mean yes i know he's He's, you know, what run second in the Caulfield Guineas. We knew he was good when he was with David Van Dyke, and David also won that Australian Guineas with him, and then obviously we had the change to to Billy Healy, and he had those two runs there in in, uh, Queensland with the big weights, and then comes to gain Adrian's. Yes, he wins a Stradbroke, but then it it just seems like now at this weight-for-age level, he's really stamped himself as, you know, top three in the country.
3: Oh, yeah, he... He's always been a very good horse. We forget quickly, you know. The, he was the he was the next coming early on. Uh, so uh, I, 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 he hit that hurdle obviously when he had that the, 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 the kissing spine disease, where he lost his balance and all that sort of thing. So to have to get back from that after an operation where there was a a big chance he'd never race again, and to get back to this level is a feather in everyone's cap concern from the vet right through to the <laughs> trainer and uh, and the horse in general. Uh, you know, they've done a great job with him.
2: Yeah, they certainly have. Now, what's happening, um, Muns, with some of his prices? Because no
0: doubt he would have had Edward hands out. I'm just trying to work out, Dave, the races that he's actually yeah. in in Sydney because there's that many markets in there at the moment. Um, you'd have to think a Queen Elizabeth would be on the cards. Would they get him back out the 2,000 metres or no, they wouldn't? Well, you've still got another, you know, six weeks or something to the Queen Elizabeth. I'll have a look whether he's there or not. I've got pre-noms for that, all in for that. Um, I'll tell you what What we might do is, while the dog's barking,
2: I might get Tanya to give Adrian Bott a call just to sort of see what, um, while the show's on, just to see what sort of uh, races Is is he in the All-Star Mile? Uh, I think he can be voted on. Uh, he is favourite for the All-Star Mile at three fifty. Uh, so you would think he would go there. But then he'd still have something left in the tank to come back up
0: um, to Sydney, you would think. Yep. He's $15. $15 chance in the Queen Elizabeth got, behind yeah. Animo, who's $2.30.
2: And we saw and that last year, didn't we, where we had horses from that All-Star Mile, like <laughs> I'm Thunderstruck, etc., come up for that Queen Elizabeth, didn't they? That was last year because it was, the timing was right. Um, so I might get um, uh, Tanya to give Adrian a call there while we're on air. Uh, now, here's a text on the text line. Hey, guys, uh, Mogo Magic, very, very exciting and great to see Scott Collins with a good horse. What do you boys think? Duff, you mentioned this to the Big Sports Breakfast team. Um, I know it was only a highway, but, jeez, it was impressive.
3: Uh, yeah, he was, and the riding was on the wall with his two these two wins prior to that last break by big margins in fast times, and the two trials a month apart, winning the trials by big margins with his head on his chest. So he is a ripping 1,000-metre horse, and if he can cross-reference that with a 1,200-metre win in similar style, they've got themselves a very, very good horse. So it's easy to get carried away with um, highway form, uh, but he's legitimate, I think. He's legitimate at, over the short course because you don't see at the top of the straight I thought oh gee you've done a little bit too much work for my liking as far as not helping yourself and being all aggressive but uh, to, to think he just found another gear sprinted away and put the race beyond doubt is is a is a big thing for him so he's a he's a really nice horse
2: uh, uh gator I know it was only a a highway but uh, what did you make of Mogo magic
4: yeah well, I think the there's two things to take out of it um firstly you know I think Ron's points the most salient that he's still an idiot. Like, he's, he looked like a kangaroo at first. When he first tried to let him down, he was bounding all over the place and um, didn't know what was going on. I thought, he's going to get rolled here. And uh, then he found his rhythm and in, in got him stride and powered to the line. And the second point is the clock's backed him up. I mean, he's run 57.8 yeah. for 1,000 metres at Ramwick, Take away the class of the race um, and use that against all horses that race at a 1,000 metres. He's gone eight lengths quicker than him, the average. So um, it tells you he's fast. And that's on a softer track earlier in
3: the day, so it, it, he, he gets ticks galore. Yeah. We've
0: got Phenomenal to... win for the for the way that he handled himself in the race, and the audacity that he showed the last hundred metres. David's on the line. Good morning, David. How you going? Um, just want to talk about um the Oakley, pl- or two things. I'm um, just one thing. I'm thunderstruck. Um, I don't want to. I mean, trainers know more than me, but I, I think I, I'm thunderstruck. Looking at his last campaign, I think he's more of a 2,000-meter horse now. He seems more dour. Um, they keep going the mile. I mean, he's bred to run further than 1,600, and he's quite shocking. I remember last year, um, Dean Lester thought he could have won a Caulfield Cup. I mean, 2,400, and they keep... They ran him in the fatuity. Anyway, but that, that's what I, I, I don't think I, I think he's looking for further now. But just one thing, that Oakley played. Is sand Sandown a really fast... Must be a, a fast track, that was... The fastest Oakley plate in history on Saturday. I know a different track at Sandown. Um, if the time one one five seven, if that's correct, the time they put him racing it, that's the fastest Oakley plate that they've ever ever run.
3: are probably a little distorted with that track um, and how how to work out the times on that track with the extra hundred metres and, and if there's enough evidence. But by geez, that was fast. <laughs> that was as fast as they they ever go. Um, yeah, you'd have more. Thoughts about the times of, of that eleven hundred at uh, Sandown Gator? Obviously, they, that that was the different track that they run on there.
4: Yeah, that's it. And uh, there's only one turn. They run downhill for a bit, and they're really fast horses. So they're going to run fast, that's for sure. But it, you know, if you wanted to line it up against all averages, um, you know, that's near fifteen lengths quicker than all the averages. So, but look, these are proper Group line horses that don't normally race there at eleven hundred. So Uh, Those horses tend to go to Caulfield and the 1,100 metre races at Ladbrokes are a lot of midweek racing with respect and the odd Saturday race meeting. So you have to factor all that in, um, but take nothing away from, you know, the horses running fast because uh, that's what they're capable of.
2: Thanks for your call, David. Uh, Now let's get to... uh... I think we've got another caller there, have we, Nick? Um 13.50, 3.53, we will very soon. They'll have their question come through. Uh, you're on Punters Post M- morning this morning. Simon's on the line now. Good morning, Simon.
1: Yeah, good day, fellas. So, how are you going?
2: Very good, mate. What's your question?
1: Um, my question is just what do you think of Fasil's run on Saturday and where, where is it heading? Is it going to keep going with the slipper or not?
3: Well, it's a good run. Uh, three deep, no cover. Um, throughout the race is, is a feather and a cap although Blanc de Blanc was four deep no cover throughout the race and, and uh, went just as well so her problem is um, getting in she won't probably get in now uh, but she's a very talented filly well, she's earned 100 and yeah well, well she might get in uh, although uh, she's 43rd no, English, in order yeah. of
0: entry at the moment yeah because she got that and Blanc English. de Blanc is 46, but there's a few you can tell but uh, they've got to win one of these races in the next few weeks that's, yeah, that, that's their those... major concern, and they might have to go up against Learning to Fly again, uh, although Learning to Fly is in the slipper at the moment. It's 10th, and you take out Infatuation, it won't be there, so that becomes 9th. Um, you know, they're, they're going to have to win one of these lead-up races to get in.
3: Yeah, maybe some of these sort of fillies, you know, look at the Percy Sykes now, and... Uh... Um, see what happens there. So she'd be a candidate for something, you know, just away from the slipper at 1200
2: Glenn Munsey, Ron Doversy, and, of course, David Gately joining us. And we've got Squirrel on the line. Good morning, Squirrel. Good morning, fellas.
1: Um, Just a question. Um, Linderman, being a son of Lonro, do you think he'll chase the Triple Crown in Sydney or go to the Doncaster? Because I took some pretty juicy odds of $51 dollars for the Doncaster and hit the multiplier, and I'm going to get 12.75 back for my 10 if he runs
3: and wins the Doncaster. Jeez, I've taken 50 to one the Ramwick Guineas and the Roseville Guineas, so I don't know about the Doncaster. I missed that one. Um, I think he's a little sleeper. I think he's a little sleeper. If they they, they let him run into the pattern that they did the other day and let him run and he enjoyed it and he run time compared to the other three-year-old race on the day... What sort of um, weight do you think he'd get? He, uh, he won't get in the Doncaster. Um, I think he might have done your money, unless he wins um, a qualifying race along the way through. Um, I think, look, Squirrel, I think it, it may be all about the three-year-old races with him, but I, I agree. He He's a little sleeper, I don't know. He, he's still in the Australian Guineas there on Saturday as well. So he'll either run in the Australian Guineas or the Ramwick Guineas this week, and then I'm thinking maybe the Rose Hill Guineas after that.
1: It was only a ten dollar
3: throw at the stump for a big collect, anyway. So I no, didn't. no. Well, you're still alive, but um, I, 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 just think those. He's, I agree. He's a talented horse. If he can do it, what he did again the other day, and he was only second up.
0: Yeah, he's one hundred and thirty sixth in order of entry at the moment for the Doncaster. Yeah.
2: Thanks for your call, Squirrel. Uh, now, here's a text on the text line, guys. Does Espiano just stay in Melbourne now for the rest of her life? <laughs> Oh, look, she
3: she's been a bit of a heartbreak, hasn't she? But nice to see her back in the winner's circle there on Saturday.
0: Yeah. Yep. Good. When you get sent back to the provincials, Dave, no. you know that's a chance to get your confidence back. We oh, hey. gator. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I won't bite on that one. Because, um... <laughs> well, that
3: started—that actually started back to the provincials from uh, Nick Nick Williams when he used to come to Sydney. So that's why we—that's why <laughs> we're we just can... returning <laughs> serve. Yeah, we're we're only
4: returning serve. It's a little in-house joke. Yeah. I'm all for it. Um, I'm all for the banter. Uh, look, she was good, you know, on Saturday. I thought she'd beat a reasonable field. She ran the time to back it up. So um, she still did a bit wrong. She wanted to run in, then run out. Um, so there's still something to work with. And if you're in the hands of uh, C. Waller, he tends to get the best out of the athletes,
2: doesn't he? He certainly does. Uh, so we're interesting to see what uh, her preparation now looks like. And uh, that was an emotional day for Jaya McNeil. I know that... Um, duff munns uh myself uh, i know uh that there'll be a number of people in melbourne tomorrow at a uh, special luncheon for dean lester but um that was an emotional day uh for for joy obviously on friday at Cranbourne. unfortunately we couldn't be there where we were had commitments here in sydney but um yeah he was uh you know obviously such an integral part duff wasn't he of uh, of joy's career dean
3: uh yes and it was only a young career too just starting off and um uh, at the funeral on Friday he, he was heartbroken you could see that when he made his speech and he, he could hardly talk And uh, wow. it'll take a bit of getting over but he bounced back and rode a winner there on Saturday and um, he, 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 only time will heal the, the what's hurting him at the moment and it's hurting a lot of people And yeah, yeah we'll be at the What's Dino like luncheon tomorrow it's going to be um, a, a,
2: a good celebration it will be a celebration of his life uh, hope in your heart Kerry Parker I tell you what can produce a nice horse Kerry and again, um, were you surprised by her SP at the four sixty Duff? I'm more
3: surprised I jumped off her. She's one of my favourites. Uh, I was I wasn't I was probably on my own thinking I would have liked to have seen a trial a little better, but uh, she's a race horse, isn't she? What a what a terrific mare and considering they've rushed home in that race and where she come from and the way she bullied out, she's got everything about her. She's got a killer instinct about her, and and uh, just is a, a marvelous mare. And look, just you only have to look what she did last preparation, jumping the bar and and uh, doing what she did in good races. There's a there's a theory that Mustangs Valley should have won that race, in the wrong part of the track, held up, staying uh, more of probably once a little further, probably. Looking at a form, she wants it heavy, but I thought her run was was uh, amazing, considering where she was held up, and uh, at the, and the the times that they were running home in there. Um, I thought her effort was absolutely outstanding.
2: As was yearning. Comment on the um, thoroughbred stakes, the Guy Walter Prue and thoroughbred stakes, Gator. Yeah,
4: well, I mean, there was only a length over five of them, and automatically you think, oh, gee, that's a bit suspect. But when they're running um, quicker time than the Star Phillies, same track and trip, um, despite a four-length slower first 800, um, the race is rated really well relative to the day. And the winner has great um, weaponry in that she can change up speed. She's got a great will to win. So you'd take that trait any day of the week, wouldn't you? Uh, I certainly marked Mustang Valley as stiff. And yearning is stiff. I'm still trying to work out how she ran race fastest time without being ridden yearning. But um, that was the theme of the day for me, punting. But, uh, look, winner was terrific. Um, and that will to win got her there, I think.
2: Let's get to our next caller on the line. I think we've got Jeff on the line. Good morning, Jeff.
4: Yeah, day, Dave. How are you
5: going?
2: Very good, mate. Do you want to talk about Summer Lovin'?
5: Yes, I just think they rode it different because it jumped a lot better than it normally does. They rode it from the front on Saturday, but it was absolutely dismal in the home straight, the way it stopped. I'm just wondering whether its preparation is worth going ahead or whether it hasn't come back from its Magic Millions preparation. What do the boys think?
3: I think they've got to stop and start a game with her. she's, She's very talented. Uh, her good runs are when she's been back and finishing off looking really strong, and uh, there's signs there when they jump and run like that that they're, they're, they've had enough, and especially when they stop like that. So yeah, I, I, I think you're right, Jeff. I think they've got to stop, start again. I wouldn't give up on her. She's a very talented filly, but it's just she's just come to the end of it now.
0: Yeah, they wrote a they rode a um well they put blinkers on it leading into the Magic Mins and a trial at the Gold Coast and was ridden for speed yeah. there. Adam Hieronymus wrote it in the trial up there was ridden for speed and then was back uh in the Magic Mins and found the line uh, at well as it had in its first two starts in the Golden Gift and also the Magic Meandres at Wyong and then it was ridden for speed in the trial at Ramwick the other day and was ridden, well, you said it jumped better but it was, it, they were desperate to be forward on it on Saturday and I, I think those tactics were, you know backfired badly for it
2: Thanks for your call uh, there, now our next caller Nick, I think we've got Mark on the line Good morning Mark
5: Bye, Dave. Good boys Stuff. I just wanted to agree with you yesterday when you made some comments about Ben Thompson. Uh, he's riding on Common James, and, and he's actually you know, the way he's been riding lately. And it, it, yesterday he rode a horse um, at, in the second race at Sunshine Coast. So he finished off Saturday, went back to Brisbane on to ride on, on Sunday on a very nice two riding its first start from the you know, Day hoisted yard yeah, called Shot of Whiskey. Now this horse opened up a three dollar eighty and finished up a dollar ninety. But the point of the matter is, go look at his trial before it raced, which was at Deegan on the 21st of February. He beat a horse in that trial called Five Star Vixen. And Five Star Vixen had trial form against Shirt of Law and that uh, Quasimoto of, of Clint London. So I couldn't believe when he trialed so well against this thing at Deegan, and five days later, he took him to uh, the Sunshine case yesterday. But it was a way that Ben Thompson, what you said yesterday on the TV show, was exactly. The horse was three wide for the first 200 metres. He'd done his form. He slotted in. It was one out, one back, one by four lengths, and the rest is history. So I just wanted to commit, agree with you on what you said yesterday and that the horse that he rode yesterday is a very nice horse, that eh? spirit of boom
3: Okay, I'll keep an eye on that. But I, I don't know much about Ben Thompson, but he's won me with just the way he speaks and uh, pre and post-race, so that you know he's done his form and you know... If things can, uh, it gives you a big head start if you know who you're following in a race and you know where the best going is. um, It's a big start, so I I think he's a young man who does his form. He speaks well, he's passionate, and he's getting a go now with um, you know the O'Day Hoisted team and even Tony Gollan. I think putting him on, so it's a good start in life.
2: Thanks for your
3: call.
2: All right. Thanks for your call, mate. Uh, Let's get to Wayne now, who's on the line. Good morning, Wayne.
5: Hey, boys. Hey, um the, the format of the Magic Million two-year-old race seems to be no good at all. I wonder if you agree with that or not. Well, you can make a case for that, but
3: um, that, that wasn't the real skirt of the Lord, She, look, leading into her wins leading into the Magic Millions and the Magic Millions herself, she could have uh, travelled three lengths in front in that race, bolting, uh, but she was just flat from the start. You know, one of the slower races she's ever been in, I reckon. Uh, so th- there's something wasn't right with her on Saturday, whether she's had enough as well, and she's come to the end of it. Maybe the Magic Millions form is rubbish, but she's better than that. Yeah, but there's not much else come out of the race, is there? Oh, oh, Platinum me... Jubilee. Yeah, Platinum Jubilee run well the other day. And is there enough evidence with the other horses that probably in the paddock yet, but... Um, yep, you, you'd have to say with some 11 and skirt the law that uh, they haven't, well, they've, they've come back and done nothing really, but that that's not the whole picture.
2: Thanks for your call there, Wayne, um, on the line. We might take another break because we've got a few more callers coming in here. You're
5: listening
1: to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem.
2: You are on Punters Post Mortem. And give us a call now, 1350 53 if you want to be a part of the show. Jason's on the line to talk about Steel City. Good morning, Jason. Good morning. How are you? Very good, mate.
1: Yeah, just saying, on the ride I'm on that by Blake Sheen, if you ever look at the overview, the overview of the race, like he tries to take the horse on the inside, but there's clearly no gap. The horse outside, it was fallen back. He just had to peel it out three wide and he won the race. I, just, I don't know, was that the only Sydney horse in the race?
3: Uh, well, Don Corleone was a Sydney horse in the race as well. Um, I didn't see the overhead to tell you the truth. Gator may have uh, seen more than that. I, I just think it's a classic case of we'll never know. You know, would she have finished it off and run the distance right out? Uh, lots of questions. But she was
4: certainly travelling at the time, Gator. Yeah, she was. I mean, it's just as you say. You'd, you'd love to know the, what the end of the story would have been, but um, we didn't get to see it. So the book got burnt. But um, look. You, when you get the rails trail uh, on on decent tracks like Sandown, nine out of ten times the run comes. One out of ten it doesn't, and um, it didn't.
1: It, you I, I, the horse outside it was falling back. All he had to do was wait another ten seconds. He would have peeled it out. He would have won. Like I'm sure of it. He was flying. But anyway, but he got, he, it was all right because he made up for it on to Blood in the next race. i so uh, can not be It can't be too hard on him. But, um, but I just thought I'd have a look at the A review. There was never a gap on the inside. I just don't understand why. Not he murdered the horse. I, don't I can't understand why he tried to go on the inside when there wasn't even like a quarter of a metre gap there. When if he just had been a bit patient and peeled it out wide, he would have won. I'm sure of it. But anyway, I just thought I'd
3: bring that up with this get on your moat, but she says jockeys can make split decisions sometimes you've got to anticipate a decision and once you've done it you've got to commit to it and it's hard to come out of it once you've made a decision this horse is going to wander it's getting tired and rather than coming back you know three strides and, and trying to whip around it when, when you think the horse is going nowhere so I think he may have anticipated the horse was wobbling and had enough and it, then it wouldn't obviously come back on top of him so uh, what do they say? Uh, that's racing.
2: They certainly do and uh, now we've got to get some horses to follow. Uh, let's get to yourself firstly, Duff. What, uh, what are we following?
3: Uh, look, tough, tough one. I think Ruthless Dame uh, was excellent so I think she can uh, go forward and if she's the same price she was on Saturday next time, I think she's right in the mix considering she'll be third up after a year off and she's had two real and up runs now and I thought there was a little maiden filly that could even turn into a champagne steaks type in August Bloom um, in the sweet embrace. I loved her late work, and she's a lovely, big, uh, strong sort of a filly who's got upside. So let's have a throw at the stumps with Ruthless Dame and August Bloom.
2: Perfect. Gator?
4: I'm going to throw up the daughter of Samantha Miss, called Die. Mm. Um she was beaten on Saturday, but uh, she's better than all them. Uh, she's looking for further. Watch her through the line. She's powering through the line. love seeing that. Fangirl, unpopular view, but she would have tested Animo in my humble and
2: ruthless stain for me. All right. And Munns, your horse to follow.
0: Yeah, looking for the sort of lower quality staying races, Dave. And even I'd be looking for this horse potentially to go to Melbourne for a 3,000-metre race at Mooney Valley or something, but first in line... Uh, for Matty Smith, Uh, did a bit of work in that uh, race the other day, in the the Glory Days race, and was coming back in trip after winning a 2,400-metre race at the Sunny Coast. He's got some pretty good form, 2,400 and above uh, overseas, so he's ready. He's got his foot on the till in a week race. You're looking away. And do yourself a favour, as the great Molly Mildred would say, and get the videos out of Kembla last Thursday... The last race on the card there, a benchmark 64, and have a look at this horse go-round, Goldman. An ex-New Zealand horse, now trained by Gay and Adrian, was first up since November, hadn't been past 1,600 metres in New Zealand, first up 2,000 metres, blinkers on, fifth start in a race, and put a very, very, very big space on them.
3: Okay,
0: Okay, I like it, Munns.
2: I'm going to be about to send a text to you. We'll get those horses to follow up on our socials this afternoon. Chat to you next Monday, boys. Uh, we'll have a lot to discuss. Obviously, country championships. Well done to Ron Stubbs and also uh, the Arrowfield and uh, Team Hazara there for winning yesterday's Tamworth edition. Of course, last week we had the provincial race there at Kemmler and the show rolls, rolls on, doesn't it? Because uh, this weekend we've got uh, racing at uh, Royal Ranwick on the Saturday. We've got the Ranwick Guineas. Uh, which is obviously a, a, a Group 1. We've also got uh, the Canterbury Stakes Group 1, the Challenge Group 2. We've got the uh, the Todman, uh, the Phillies race, the Riesling. We've got the Winona Girl. We've got the Randwick City Stakes, the Aspiration, etc. And uh, down back in Melbourne, it's a smorgasbord, isn't it? Uh, we've got uh, racing at uh, Flemington, so a headquarters where we've got the Australian Guineas, the English Sprint, uh, the Foundation Plate, and we've also got uh, some benchmark racing as well and the, uh, the Blamey, so... Good, another good week of form coming up boys. You have a good uh, Monday. See you you guys.